Cast. Today on Missing the Point, as we head towards the All-Star break, we take a look at the Boston Celtics and their disappointing start of the season. We'll talk about what's gone wrong, who's to blame for the C's middling, and what moves Danny Ainge can make to get the C's back on track. This is Missing the Point, episode 40, but it's all relative. Welcome into another episode of Missing the Point. I am your host, Michael Marcangelo, as always, joined by the real DK Sizzle. I almost combined the two there. <laughs> Dave Clark. Wow. Little thing we should a little thing we should uh, mention here. DK Sizzle is the Robin Hood of traders of Jeff Teague stock internally here at Missing the Point. So he is the reason that they skyrocketed, and we are the reason that, that he crashed. Are you still I'm in holding. on Jeff Teague? I'm holding. <laughs> There's no choice. When you lose that much, you got to hold. You got- <laughs> Once you get in a negative, you can't go anywhere but up. Yeah, I'm not going to sell it at a loss. We're also joined by the man that would, if he had the opportunity to vote for Peyton Pritchard a hundred times out of a hundred, he would do it for Rookie of the Year. Bob Kelly, Bobby, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I mean, considering he's been one of the lone bright spots for the past week and a half, my stock, my stock's just on the rise at this point. You know, I actually bought the Peyton Pritchard stock too, but I gave it to you out of sympathy because you were so into him. It didn't feel fair to hoard both, but I made the wrong choice. (laughs) (laughs) So if you guys can't tell, what we're going to talk about today is really the Boston Celtics, where they are, why they are where they are, who they actually are, right? Like, is this who who, who they're going to be moving forward? Is it an aberration? And then we'll also talk about a couple other NBA topics. I will start off by saying that the Celtics recently have not shown us that they are a a good NBA team. And the reason why I say that, I'm going to hit you guys with a few stats and I'll open it up. Oh no, this is going to be brutal. They are barely 500, 14 and 13 currently. Interesting enough, in December, they were averaging 113 points a game. They were shooting 42.8% from the field. In January, they averaged 111, shooting 41% from the field. In February this month, 107 points a game, 37% from the field. So they're on the downward trend. My question to you, Bobby, is this trend reversible or is this just who they are? I mean, that's it's kind of a double-edged question because like, it is who they are right now. This team as constructed with the players they have, how young they are, I don't see them putting together a consistent stretch that we're looking for from them just because of how inexperienced they are. At the same time, they do have that potential to where if they do play as good as they can, they are a team that can beat the best teams in the NBA. We saw it last night with the Nuggets. When these guys play up to their potential, they can absolutely compete with those teams. It's just a fact that right now this team is so young, so inexperienced on the bench, and there's just they don't have that go-to guy right now, except for my man Peyton Pritchard, off the bench that that, that, that can push them to that next level consistently. And that's the problem is it's like that consistency where right now we're, we're watching the game. They're losing to the Hawks. Most predictable thing ever. Cause it's like, you see them almost beat the or you see them beat the nuggets. And I knew they'd have this letdown. It, it's just the type of team they are at this point. So yeah, it is who they are, but who they can be is a different level of a basketball team that we haven't seen. Before I kick it over to, uh, to Dave, like, uh, the Nuggets, I mean, they're the seventh seed in the West. They're, they're 15 and 12. They're not that good. So uh, when you say like one of the best teams in the NBA, I think that we overvalue just the, the fact that they're in a probably 
the tougher conference. But DK, based on like what you've seen over the last two weeks, I'll ask you the same question. Is this trend that they're currently on over the last three months, is it reversible or are, is this the team that we're, that they're going to continue to be unless they make a move? I mean, yeah, not with this current group, not with this current list of personnel. I mean, Bobby has a slightly more optimistic view of them, I think. Like, there has been one bright spot in Peyton Pritchard, and he's a bright spot, but I think if we're sitting around talking about a seven-point averaging guard coming off the bench, we're in pretty dire straits. I think at the at this point, the two big free agent, big being in, you know, air quotes, free agent signings and Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague, it was like... When the signings happened, I think we were all kind of collectively lukewarm about it, especially after what felt like a pretty big miss in in that in how we squeezed the Pacers and how that all worked out with Hayward and the trade exception and and Gordon and all this stuff. Especially with how Turner's playing now, man. With how, or sorry, yeah, not not Gordon, uh, Miles Turner, and thinking we were going to get Miles Turner, and then kind of settling for Tristan Thompson. It was like, all right, well, we can still get excited. And then we got Jeff Teague, and it was like, oh, we definitely needed like an upgrade at guard. Brad Watermaker wasn't the answer as like Kemba's backup. And then Jeff Teague had a great game, and then now he hasn't done anything since, like at all. Like he's been actually like actually harmful to the Celtics since his very first game, if I'm being honest. And you know, it's if those guys come in and they were supposed to be our answer at depth, and they're just not, then yeah, this is what we're going to look like. I mean, we're so shallow, you know, our bench just, it stinks. It's just not good. And like, we need to improve our bench. Like almost everybody on the bench. If I think if we had, if we kept Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Peyton Pritchard, and I would say everybody else is on the trading block for me. Like I I wouldn't be upset if anybody, even Marcus. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's like, he's not, he's been getting banged up periodically this season. It, I feel it when he's out, but like not nearly as much as Tatum being out. And then, you know, him coming, Tatum coming back and not playing well has been a big reason why we can't, we can't win games. But yeah, everybody, uh, like I'm excited to see Robert Williams' ceiling, but like if it takes, if it means getting another two or three really good players to back up, we need size and we need shooting, you know, and we just don't have that right now. So my question with the with Tatum thing, so you bring that up, is like that's been, that was the starting point for this downward trend. Well, he hasn't looked right since he came back. Agreed. And, you know, they were seven and three when he went out. And ever since then, it has just been downhill and there's been no stopping the snowball. So it's like, I know this team is playing like crap right now. And, and listen, you're preaching to the choir. Javante Green has no business coming off the bench of a legitimate NBA like 12 contender. minutes the other night. It's like, come on. There's guys that come off the bench and I'm like, listen, these are not the guys. Semi. So what it should be is like Semi, Peyton, and and really that's it. Semi and Peyton are the guys that should be playing like twelve to eighteen minutes a game. Eighteen is a stretch for Semi if we're like really well, that cooking. Semi's the twelve, Peyton's the eighteen, and then we should have like another guy that's like twenty three, twenty four, and that's the move that we need to make. Or the guy that can come off the bench and be a legitimate threat to score the goddamn basketball when Tatum or Brown are off or off the floor that's who we need to come in and make a difference yeah and unfortunately you know a record like this at this point of a truncated season is really unfortunate because you don't have the then the luxury to extend your rotations and keep your record high and keep your superstars rested and get minutes in the legs of your young guys and like what we need right now with Tatum coming back from a COVID thing that seems to be, he says, sticking around in his lungs. And like, you know, it's, we, we don't, it's different for everybody. So I don't know what his symptoms are, what he's feeling, but 
it's clear that he's not like playing the same as he was before he got sick. He needs rest, but you can't rest him right now because everybody else sucks. So it's like, then you shorten your rotations down to nine men, which is playoff numbers. You know what I mean? Like those, if it's nine guys split in time that you're at your playoff rotation already. And you know, we're only 20 some odd games in like, that's not good. So that ruins the playoff picture in advance. And it's just like, just, you got to make a move. You got to make a trade. You know, we have to do something. We, we, if we want to, at this point, I'm worried about Tatum and Brown, like long-term, you know, we need to keep them safe long-term. This season is a few, a couple of weeks away from being a wash at this and point. And keep them happy. And keep them and happy. keep them long happy, term. exactly. Long-term. We can't let this turn into a Harden in Houston or a Paul George in Indiana where they're, they're begging to get out because we can't get them to that next level. Fact is, we're in that, you're absolutely right, because we're in that player empowerment era now, and like we're not any different as the Boston Celtics. Like, they'll just leave. Like, they will if we're not doing the right thing. Like, that's what the NBA is now. And I know that, like, we all grew up in, in eras where it's like it was the Bulls and Michael Jordan, you know? Now it's, it's not the same. It's about what the players want to do. And I think they're happy right now. I think they're happy with each other, which is big, but damn, man, you know, we got to do something to keep him around and like watching Javante Green, you know, out there for 14 minutes and score four points. You know, it's just like, come on, dude, I will get four points going out there for 14 minutes. Like, get out of here with that. Javante Green and Tremont Waters playing significant minutes on a content. Like, get out of here, man. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. And also, I, just, I really don't like watching Tristan Thompson play basketball. And it's, I know it's upsetting. And I thought he was going to do something different when he came in here. And it's just, it's not good. He's got, he's like a giant Marcus Mars. He stops the ball a ton. He, I guess he's okay in there defensively. His transition game's trash. Stevens doesn't like him defensively. You can tell. He doesn't like him on defense. You know why Brad Stevens doesn't like him, but is because he's over six foot nine. Anyone <laughs> over six foot nine doesn't get into a Brad Stevens team, apparently. I guess my question would be along those same lines, right? Is you see that their points per game are going down, their their field goal percentages are going down. As a coach, if you like, now that you have this, we'll call it, you know, uh, we'll call it, you know, was it forty percent of the season that has been played? What do you do? Because now it's We've all talked about uh, one time or another how we think that Brad Stevens is a really good basketball coach, right? He's smart, all of that. His, the knock on him is that he can't coach stars and, and, and make that team gel. Right now, there, there is no one on this team besides the homegrown talent as, as far as stars go, and they are on the downward trajectory. So what does he do? And if he doesn't do it, I'll pose this question. I don't care that they just gave an extension. Is this it? Like, are, are, are we witnessing what could be the last season of Brad Stevens if this downward trend continues? I think that he's going to get held responsible one way or the other. So whether it's his fault or not, if, he, if we hit the end of this season and we're under 500 or at 500, he's going to get blamed for it. So the fan base is already like pretty toxic towards Brad, like already. I, I think that a lot of people are really fed up with him. I really like him. I don't think it's like time to give up on him. I think he's like a really smart coach. But it would be hard for me to defend him if we finish the season like this. It'd be hard. It'd be difficult to defend him because it's like, yeah, like I said before, it's he doesn't like tall basketball players, which is annoying to me. Like I like those players, like the Andre Drums of the world. Like you told us the other day, Mike, about that rumor. And I'm like, I just thought my first thought was great. Go get him. 
rebounds like love it like love like he's will, will be just so much bigger and then i thought brad stevens is gonna go get andre drummond like what he's not gonna go do that and if he does we're never gonna see andre drummond play <laughs> so it'll be like, like it'll be like greg monroe all over again remember we had greg monroe yeah, in here and, and he- i was pumped when he came in but then but i mean he definitely was a very one-way basketball player but like I but I know what you mean, but I just it's like a like we used to be the best. My thing is we start with defense on this team, and that's what I always liked about this team. And we used to be the, like the best defensive team in the NBA. We're just not anymore, and that's all well and good because I think, I mean, I want to be a good defensive team, but we also have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, which is the best two man like tandem in the entire NBA, with the exception of obviously LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but. We have those guys in, and I want them to do whatever they want. I, those, it's time now. It's their team. They get to play however they want. They should score a lot of points. They should do whatever they need to do. They should learn how to play with each other. And you need to bring people in to back them up. Like you need to bring players in to build around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now that's it. It's the whole like positionless five man like young up and comer team that that's over. Like you have two bona fide superstars now, especially with how Jalen Brown's been playing this season. Tatum will be back. Like he'll get his game in. It's, it's all good. He'll fix his breathing, like whatever he'll be back and he'll be, you know, better than ever before. And we need to build, build around those guys. We need a third scoring threat, which we don't have because Kemba Walker, as much as he's had a good couple of games, you know, he needs to do that consistently. He can be that, but if, if not, we need to go get one and we need, a guy who can play around the rim athletically. Either Robert Williams needs to go up nine levels or we need to trade everyone to go and get somebody big. And like, you know, I don't know who that guy is. I, you know, I, I take anybody at this point, but yeah, it, we're not with this personnel is the short answer to your question, I guess. I love Brad Stevens, man. I have since he was at Butler, Mike. I'll never forget watching that national championship where Hayward missed that winning shot when Stevens was coached there with you. Like, like I love Brad Stevens. He's had a special place in my heart for a long time. But I'm seeing shades of the Mark Jackson Warriors. And I've said this to you guys before, where it's like, listen, Mark Jackson was a great head coach. There was no knocks against him when he left Golden State. Everything was like, he's a good coach. He's this, he's that. He's just not that guy to get this team to that next level. And then the Warriors bring in Steve Kerr, and all of a sudden it's 72 wins, winning three out of four championships in a dynasty. And like, I don't, I, I'm not saying that's what this could be, but it really seems like that's what this could be. You know, like this team isn't getting to that next level with Stevens. And I don't know if that actually is the answer, but it really feels like it, it, it honestly could be like and Brown. It's like, you see another level they could go to, but they don't. Sometimes it seems like they don't have that eye of the tiger. And sometimes you need a coach in there that can who, who can bring that to them. For me, it's it, I, I think that the comparison to Mark Jackson is a good one. But the thing I would say is I don't think that the talent level as currently constituted on the Celtics would mimic what you saw in Golden State. I think Because I do think that Jalen and Jason have gotten to that next level. They're both averaging upwards of 25, 27 points a game. But the, the how you ended uh, that point, to me, is where I'd want to talk about it a little bit. I don't think Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum are locked into what Brad is saying. I think at times they tune him out. I think you can see the team tune him out. And because he, I, I think we like him because he took a team, you know, that, uh, you know, when Doc left and all the stars left, that they should have been nothing for a long time. And they weren't. They, they, it, it was only, it was. 
that Evan Turner, Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, it was one yeah. year, and he brought. Yeah, them they back. were fun to watch. They were super fun to watch. They were young. They moved the ball really fast. Like they, you know, they hit their spots really well. They filled lanes well. Like there was a very good fundamental team. But the thing is, I, that team isn't going to win a championship. You know what I mean? It's just that's not in today's NBA. So what you need now is you need superstars. We have that, and I see Bobby's point. Like I see it in a very optimistic way, where I'm like, that'd be great actually if that was true. If Brad came in and he was like. He was the guy to like mold the young team and like take them this far, but maybe this is as far as he can take them and have a guy come in and elevate the two guys who might be superstars to that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson level. And then it doesn't matter who else is on the team. Like that's just, that's just true of the NBA. You know, it's like, we talk about like, Oh, that guy's good. That guy's good. But the thing is, is nobody likes to say it, but in basketball, it matters who your best three players are, not your worst three players. It's a strong link sport. It's about who your best guys are. And as much as it's cool to, to see youth develop and it's cool to be like, oh, nice, like this guy's getting better, like Peyton Pritchard, like coming off the bench. I, I don't give a shit about Peyton Pritchard, like I, maybe in three or four years, but like our best two to three guys need to be like put in a position to succeed and put in a position to win. And if your best two to three guys are in a position to win and their ceiling is championship, which was what we think about Jalen and Jason. I mean, to put it another way, if you piss away any years of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, your head's going to roll. That's just like the way it is. And this is the first year where it feels like a year of their careers are getting pissed away. Everything else felt like a build. Every other year before this felt like work in progress, moving in the right direction. Like, oh, he's going up a level. He's going up a level. Now it feels like we're wasting talent all of a sudden. And it turned on a dime real, real quick. I'll admit that. But it does feel that way. And yeah, I mean, whether it's his fault or not, it'll be his fault. So I think it has to be his fault because if we're going to give him credit for building uh, this team to where we thought they were going to go and and, and be on the precipice of a championship, it just feels to me Brad Stevens can make really good coaching decisions and make you think that the team is good when they're really not. But when they really are good, he cannot make you believe that they're great. He's not the difference maker. We better hope that's true because if it's not Brad's fault and it's not a situation where a coach can come in and elevate our superstars and like maybe get more production out of the bench for what we have then we have a real issue we have a real issue in the sense that everybody on our roster sucks except for two guys and those two guys might not necessarily be winners and that's you know that's a much bigger project to take on an issue to have i hope it's just down to brad and I think, like, Bobby, I would say, like, for you, I think Peyton Pritchard will be a much better basketball player if Brad Stevens is his coach long-term. I think, based on what I've seen recently, the Celtics will not reach that next level long-term if Brad Stevens is their coach. Do you disagree, or what do you think about that? No, I agree. I, I think if we want a legit champion, if we want a legitimate contending championship squad year in and year out, I do think we need a new voice in here. I think it's just reached that point. I hope he proves me wrong. I truly do. Because like I said, I love Brad Stevens. I love how he coaches basketball. You guys know me. I love, I always say, I love basketball porn. And that's how Brad Stevens coaches is when you watch him coach a basketball game, you're like, man, the way they move the ball, the way they play fundamentals. Like, But we don't even look like that anymore. Right. But that's right. That's the problem. That's the problem is like now it's frustrating basketball is what you watch. And and I do think it is kind of a testament to like Tatum and Brown do kind of tone them out sometimes and play hero ball. You know what I mean? And I do think that's what's happening. So I think that if we do want a legit chance to win a championship, 
if it doesn't happen this year, if we don't see a forward stride like you always say, Mike, we don't see something that shows us this is the guy and this is the team that's going to take us to that level, I think it's inevitable that after the season, Angel looks at it. Because you know Angel is never going to think it's him and he's never going to tear down this team because that's who he is. You know what I mean? Angel is the guy and he's the GM and he put the team together and it's not his fault. And to him, it's going to be, we need someone else to take us to that next That's level. the thing, is if, if you know Danny I mean? Ainge tunes into this podcast and he hears me at the very start go, not with this fucking roster, he's going to disagree vehemently. Like, he's going to disagree vehemently. He put this roster together and he likes this roster. So if he goes out, I hope I'm wrong about that. Like like you said, Bobby, you hope you're wrong about Brad, but I don't hope you're wrong about Brad. I hope it is Brad's thing. Like I just said, if Danny Ainge came in here, he'd say that to me. Like, no, this roster is good. And it's like, well, then what's the problem, Danny? Danny's next thing is he's going to be like, probably the coach. Because Danny's not going to, but Danny, Danny makes the decision and he's not going to blame his selections in the draft for the last five years on, on like, he's not going to blame our lack of success on that. He just isn't. And it's not only that, it's Brad's rhetoric that bothers me. That's what really gets under my skin, honestly, is like the way uh, he doesn't hold his team truly accountable. And you never hear that out of his voice, though, is like when they have a crap game or they do this, like I sent this in the text thread the other day as a joke, is like he just comes out and he's like, yeah, you know, I like the way we're going. I like the way we feel. You know, it's just we're getting our shots. They're not following. We're playing effort. We're getting there, but they're doing this and they're doing that. And you know what? Kemba's a big part of the plan. Kemba's a big part of the plan. And it's just like, dude, I could record you every night and you say the same shit. No matter what happens in the game, if we lose by 30 or we lose by three, you say the same thing. And I, I just want to see Brad one time, just one time, be like, listen, that was bullshit. What just happened on that court was absolute bullshit. We shouldn't play like that. We're too good, and something needs to change. And I've never heard that out of Brad it's, Stevens. It's like the Bill Belichick press conference, except all the bad parts, right? Like he sounds exactly the same win or loss or win or lose, but he always it always sounds like a loss. Brad, it's like, well, maybe they won because Kemba's is going to be a huge part of it. He really likes what they're doing, but in actuality, they just lost back to back games to, to six win teams. I'm not so concerned. I'm not so concerned with 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 that kind of stuff. Well, I am. Sure. I'm not concerned with losing to a six win team and then like in two weeks losing to another six win team. My concern is that when it happens in back to back games, when you have what you think should be the level of talent that you have, you cannot be down or get down for both of those. One, sure. Everyone has an off day, but two? It's about to me how they look when they're losing is the most concerning thing over the last uh, few weeks is they look, there's, you know, I'm sitting there watching it and I'm getting mad because I'm, you know, I don't live in Massachusetts. I have to pay for freaking NBA league pass to watch all their games. So I'm paying for it. I'm sitting there on a Tuesday night watching them just not try. That's the thing that's bugging me. Like it's bad body language. It's slumped shoulders. You know, it's just like, it's, they're not talking to each other. Um, they're not moving around. They're not running hard. They're not playing hard defense. And it's just like, guys, like, I don't care if you lose, but please look like you're putting as much effort into playing as I am into watching for at least, you know, and that to me is very concerning. Cause like, okay, let's break it down. Like take away all the major macro problems, take away all the, you know, if Brad did this, if whatever, who's responsible for us blowing leads in the fourth quarter all the time has to be the coach has to be the coach 
Like if that's consistent and you can't get your guy, like if it happens once or twice, fine. But you as the head coach, you got to get that out of them. You got to do something like Eric Taylor, Friday night lights, like make them run in the mud or something like do something to make them not blow leads anymore because that's mental weakness. And it's your job to get their, their head straight. You know what I mean? That's your main gig as a head coach. So only in basketball, would it not be the head coach's fault? You know what I mean? Like you look at any other, you look at any other, if, if Brad Stevens was an NFL coach and this is what consistently happened, like we blew, you know, and we were in the Eastern Conference cha- or the AFC championship game, bro, it, it would be, he'd be on the hot seat at the end of last season. And then by game 30, if it was still was happening, he'd be gone. And uh, you know, it, it's, I agree that has because to be. Because the Brad first things that people look at and like Brad's good at this stuff is or usually as good at this stuff is like inbounds plays you know it's like they're talking about yeah yeah yeah, they're just like oh look but then he's getting himself under even more pressure because his rotation choices are trash this season like the amount of minutes that some people are playing and it's just like dude he's not shooting his way into the game you know and he does that too that has to be a brad decision where it's like dude just keep shooting you'll get into it you'll get into your rhythm it's like no don't just keep shooting unless your name is jason tatum or jalen brown don't just keep shooting until you get into your rhythm marcus stop shooting the basketball brad needs to say that to him and he needs to listen to him sometimes you know what i mean and it's just like do they respect him do they respect him that's what that's my problem that's i don't think they do i honestly don't think they do and like remember when remember when jalen and marcus got in that fight after that one playoff loss yeah two questions one why is that happening in the locker room and two, why do we know about it? There's just so many. If it's not, all right, if this isn't Brad Stevens, and like, Mike, honestly, I credit you for putting this thought in my head because ever since you said that to me, man, that thought entered my brain and it's been eating away at like so many things that happen with this team. And I'm just like, dude, Brad, if, if this is any other person besides Brad Stevens, besides this basketball genius, besides this guy that we've known for the past five years, who brought Butler to two straight Final Fours, who brought a team with Evan Turner and Kelly Olynyk as your two best players to almost the Eastern Conference Finals. If that's not him, is he already gone? You know what I mean? With these things that he's doing and these decisions he's making, maybe he might not already be gone, but would it even be a controversial decision? to be well, talking it, about him being system. gone because like he just does question the things he Javante Green and who is the other Tremont Waters being in crunch time I don't give a fuck who's hurt I really don't those two guys being in the last four minutes of a basketball game is just the one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in the history of basketball but also with guys like him with coaches like him you need all buy-in you need everybody buying in and the thing is like, I remember, I, bear with me for this comparison, okay? Because it's a soccer comparison. But Liverpool had this coach, and he was a really good coach. His name was Brendan Rodgers. And he put together this team, and he would make these crazy substitutions, in the, like, in the middle of games. And he, he would put guys in different positions. And you'd be like, holy shit, it worked. He's like a mad scientist. Eventually, his downfall was that he thought to himself, I have to do it. It's up to me to fix this team. I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to do these weird things. I'm going to make all these little like tactical genius adjustments because he started to believe his own myth. And then it was like, okay, it's not working. Once it started to not work, it came down like, like Jenga. It was, it's happened so quickly because it becomes this perfect storm of you. You're trying everything then because you're, it's like, you can't stop the bleeding and more mistakes and then lose the buy-in. And once you lose the buy-in from your players, 
as it, they could be, you have no idea if the players are good or not at that point, because they're not participating in the system correctly, being utilized correctly, and they're not trying as hard. And they can be mentally there all they want, and they can pump themselves up, every, but it's subconsciously, if they don't believe in the system, and that thought's gotten into their head, they're just not going to they're not going to commit to it as hard, you know? Yeah, and, and, and Sorry, but for me, I, I, I think it, it, it crept into their head maybe a little bit before that Miami series last, last season. But if it, if now it's there, right? Because they held the lead in the fourth quarter every, every single game and they lost that series. And, and they didn't address that in the offseason because they're still doing it now. So we have two all-world talented players in Tatum and Brown. And no matter what, if they're up by 10 in the fourth quarter, as a fan... And I got I got to imagine as a player, you don't know if that lead is, is secure, and that's a problem. Which is the sign, yeah. Which is the sign of a losing team. And to extend yes. to extend the story of what I was just saying earlier, that's the kind of stuff you used to see in that Liverpool team. You would see them blow leads. You would see, and then it was it would if they let a, give up a goal, it would ransack the entire team. Their whole heads would drop. Everything. The guy who came in to replace this guy came in as a man manager, as a motivator. And he, he ended up being the best coach we've had in the last 20 years. And he won us everything. He came in and he just, he took all the players that were already there. And he was like, I love this squad. This is great. You guys are going to do awesome. And then when they screwed up, he screamed at them and like on the field, you could see it, you know, and he was like, come on, get your fucking shit together and had every player playing at their absolute peak, you know? So maybe he wasn't regarded as a tactician, maybe like whatever, but this is what we needed. You know, we needed a guy to come in and motivate the players that were already there. Even if that's a bridge manager, even if that's a bridge coach, we need someone to come in and figure out who's actually good. You know, who's, who can actually play, go and get the guy who used to coach the Knicks, go get David Fisdale to come in and just like kind of yell at everybody for a while and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's a good coach personally, but it, I don't think anyone's good on the Knicks. I don't care. I don't care who you are. They, I mean, Phil Jackson didn't do well there. I know he's the GM, but still um, everybody sucks when they go to the Knicks, but maybe, leave that like it was a part-time job though. So. I feel like as fan. Yeah, he absolutely did. He was like full on, like about to retire. He was like, players. bro, I'm, he was like, yo, Trey Porzingis. I don't give I'm a shit. Porzingis really down. Dallas, yeah, do it. He's like, wait, are you coming to the office today, Phil? I'm in Boca. <laughs> I'm playing a few holes. I'll see you when I see you. No, you're absolutely right. But I think you go get David, because it sounds to me the way you guys are talking, the way that you're talking about me, the way that we're talking in our chat, the way that Ray Sean has been like banging this Brad Stevens drum this entire season so far. It seems like just from the sample size that we m maybe need some fresh blood in here you know it, it might just be it might be already time because we could at least salvage the season with some fun it, we might not win a championship this year but somebody might come in and get them playing in a way that's like entertaining to watch at least you know so i feel like that's what's gonna so all right so this has a lot i'm gonna i'm gonna relate this over to football and my pain i've been going through the last 20 years is this feels a lot like Jason Garrett? A little bit. No, not as bad as Jason Garrett, obviously. Not He's even definitely close. a better coach, pound for pound, right. than Jason but, Garrett. Uh, like the belief behind him and what they're gonna do. I think this season they are gonna make that move. That's gonna be like, all right, listen, Brad, this is it. This is it, man. Like we, we're giving you, we're with giving this? you these yeah. pieces. If you don't win, you're out. And yeah. like I felt that a few times with the Cowboys. Granted, they kept them like seven years past when I thought they were doing that, but it just feels like that kind of season. But that's a good move. They're going to make that move. They're going to be, that's like, a good move do, as a franchise. Win or what don't. you do. Yeah. What you do is you go, okay, mm -hmm. we still believe that there might be a ton of upside to you. And we don't want to lose out on this bet where we, you know, Brad Stevens, Dr. Basketball goes, and then like, you know, goes over to, you know, replace Popovich at the Spurs and like wins a bunch of championships or some shit. You know, we don't want to look like idiots. So we want to be able to say, 
all right, like, who do you want? You get to make all the choices. Like, who do you want? What moves do you want us to make? And you got to win with that. And that's the agreement. You say that to him. I agree, Bobby. It's like, this is it. This is the year. Win now or get the fuck out. And that might be next season. I'd be all right if they were doing that. I would if that was next season. Because that's kind of what, what we did when we traded for Amari. That's what we did. when we, Like, there's a few trades along the lines that you're like, okay, they're giving him everything he needs. Yeah. And then if, if things go the way they're supposed to and we still fuck up, that's him. You I also I mean? do feel like there's probably a market right now. Like, I feel like we could actually go get a decent head coach because if you look at this roster, you'd be like, yeah, I want to be the head coach of the Celtics. Like, they got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I feel like I, if you're a head coach, if you are, for just use the same example, if you are David Fisdale and you're sitting at home right now watching the Celtics when they're on primetime and they're not on primetime tonight, but when they are, and you turn around and you go like, oh, what are you doing? Like, why is he playing minutes? Like, why is that the rotation? What you have that guy, if you're doing all the same stuff we're doing, but you're also David Fisdale and you know, you can coach an NBA team. You'd be like, yeah, I could do better with these guys for sure. I could, you know, you know, there's guys, there is guys out there, you know, Jason Kidd, I don't think is working like that might be a thing. I'm just saying there is some people out there to be cool to try something, you know, because we're not playing Brad Stevens basketball anymore, even. So like, what's the point? It's like, yeah, they are where they should be for Brad Stevens basketball. But as you guys have said, like, they're just not trying anymore. or They don't believe that they're in the right places. And at some point in time, like the, the onus needs to kind of fall on players too. But the majority, as for what I can see, it's his fault. It's Brad's fault. They either don't believe that what he's telling them to do will, will get a win. I'll say or- this though. I'll say this though. Just before you say that definitively, I will say one word to the fan base of the Celtics, who I know a lot of our listeners, if not all of our listeners, are that fan base. You're bad at being basketball fans sometimes when it comes to this stuff. Oh, because, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, just because we're saying that we like it might be Brad's fault and it might be like time for some fresh blood, that is not the same as the people on Twitter who are like, Murder Brad Stevens in the right, street. Celtics Twitter. I said that Celtics Twitter is a wild yeah, place. It's, man. it's a wild place. Like I'm pretty sure the Reddit got like shut down for like a second. Like I, no, it's, it's in quarant- It was in quarantine for a while, or like whatever they call it. Where like it's yes, it is quarantine. I think or they might want to rebrand that. But yeah, but it's just like, but it's like okay, like that doesn't mean that Brad Stevens is like a bad coach, or if you believe Celtics Twitter, like a bad person. I don't know. No, <laughs> like, he's fine. But I'll say this: I think if we do that. And we do bring somebody in. Let's give them a minute, you know, let's give them a minute to like try some stuff and like implement some stuff. And let's just like accept that this, we're not going to win championships this season. I'm sorry. I said that in the off season because I, you know, I knew we weren't going to win this year, but maybe something fun could happen, you know, but that doesn't mean that we're like out on Brad Stevens. There's like plenty of scenarios where if they make some decent trades, if they like, you know, I do get what you're saying with the rhetoric though, Bobby, because I'm like, Brad, can you just tell me just what you're going to do? Because I don't know what you're going to do. And I need you to tell me because I'm tuning in every night to watch this failing sitcom that you call a basketball team. Do we went viral the other day for being terrible? Like, did you see on, like, we were on the front page of Reddit for, like, that that sequence. I forget what team we were playing, but it was because it was just, like, blocking it out. But it oh, was a sequence the, where... Uh, it was, no, it was the Nuggets. Yeah, it was the Nuggets. Was it the Nuggets? Like, where it was, it was just, like, like nobody could score. terrible basketball. Or just bad, yeah, it was bad just, basketball. And yeah, it's just it like, bad. oh, my God, why are we going viral for sucking right now? Like, how bad did... It's, is it really this... Has it gotten this dark? We went 7-3 and three to start the season off, and we all said that's what we wanted. So that's what happened? Part, so, like, before... I want to I, w- I want to do this because like you guys know I'm always the positive the resident positive Celtics fan. I mean you just fired Brad Stevens but yeah. <laughs> I know. Well uh, before listen I know cuz that's still what I'm feeling right now and, and I truly mean that. 
it's frustrating. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to say I understand, but I get it because literally we were great until our star player went down with COVID. Ever since we lost Marcus, were we great? Tatum, we were solid. We were seven and three. We had a podcast, me and you personally, where we were sitting here super pumped up about this team and the direction they were going and how they were playing. Get me excited, and then they immediately started. And then it just went. It was like the next day too. It was literally the next (laughs) day. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down, and then it was like. like, But ever since then, it's just been like one after another. Like you made this reference on the Super Bowl show notes on the Super Bowl show, the quicksand. We've been stuck in the quicksand ever since. And it's just been one thing or after another after. And there hasn't been a stop to it. We should be worse when Tatum goes down. We should get worse when he he goes down. No, absolutely. But we shouldn't. That's agreed. We shouldn't be this bad. And and it shouldn't have gotten to the point we lost two straight games against six win teams. Once that happens, it's like, oh, wait, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Take some professional pride and win that second game for the love of God. I knew they were gonna. I knew they were gonna lose that fucking game. So did I. I knew they so were gonna I. fucking lose that game. Your quicksand analogy just kind of loses me for what we what we've seen so far in the Celtics because quicksand, like the harder you fight, the further you fall. They're, they're not, not fighting harder. There. They're not yeah, fighting, right. dude. Like they're so. For me, I, I mean, let's just close out the we're out on Brad Stevens half hour portion of the show. What, <laughs> what do you think? Like, what is the move, player only, to get us? You have it in the notes as over the top. I'm going to say as a, as a legitimate contender. There's Andre Drummond. There's Barnes. There's Griffin. And there's John Collins. Who do you want? And who do you think they'll actually get? I'm taking Collins out of that list on talent, but I don't think that's a good idea because I think we actually, he would end up costing a lot more than he's worth. He just turned down a $90 million extension. We could get him with the Enos Canner trade exception. Now basketball trading is like calculus. We could get, well, we don't, wouldn't need to use the Hayward one though. We, we can get him with the, with the, I with understand the smaller basketball one, tra- the smaller one which is better, but then he's going to demand a lot more. So if we want him to stay long-term, I think that might be out of our price range, but of that list, he's probably the only one that would make a real difference because he's big and he scores and we need a guy that can score when the other guys aren't scoring. So, so of the people I have listed, the two Drummond and I think if we can get so if we can get Griffin on a bio and Drummond and I don't we want get Blake them, Griffin. absolutely not. So tall and he can shoot. He's a three point shooter now. I don't know where the fuck it came from, but he can. No. I, I feel like if we can get him <laughs> sixteen minutes off the bench, it's better, bro. It's better than what we have coming off the bench right now. It's better than Javante Green twelve minutes. That would be bench. that would feel like such a if it's a bio if it's a bio if project if it's a PJ Brown move where you're not giving not up though, anything and you're just bringing him in. I know, but I'm just, it's better than what we got. I just hate failing. I hate failing <laughs> big men. You but know, so, it's like him and Tristan Thompson, just right out of the old folks want, home I at want, this point. Like, What do you think? So the, these trade exceptions, they can really help you out because you won't have to give up as much as you normally would to like eat a salary or anything like that. What do you think about a guy like, I, I read this today, Tobias Harris. Yeah, I take him. Tobias Harris coming into this team, I feel like would be on point because he's long, he plays defense, he can shoot, and he's a guy that when Tatum and Brown are off the floor, you can be like, Tobias, go score his 10 points. 
I don't. Are we really going to get Tobias Harris though? Like, I feel like that. That's a move that I just. I, I, that might be a pipe dream. You just made it. That's up. definitely a pipe dream. Yeah, it's definitely right. a pipe dream. But I'm just saying that's the type of guy. Harrison Barnes is the same type of guy. Those are the kind of guys that if we can bring them in, those are the guys that are going to make a difference on this team. That like, they're. I know we don't need more wings. Remember all those years where we drafted wing after wing. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. We hit on two of we, them, though, so it's fine. We need. We need another one. We need another one. We need another guy that can come in and play the four, play the three, and score some points when Tatum and Brown aren't on the court, or at least be that third legitimate scoring option that he can create his own shot. All right. If we're doing pipe dream picks, though, if we really can like extend like what we really want, I want Bradley Beal. I want Bradley Beal. Go and trade everyone that you Everything have. Everything for Beal. I'm with and, that, man. And Dan- Danny Ainge's car for Bradley Beal. Because him... The kind of player that he is and the stuff that he does with the that's a big three. That's a legitimate big three. If you can keep Kemba, great. If not, that's fine too. No, Pritchard was you know, you get rid of Kemba because Pritchard is the perfect point guard for those three because you got Peyton being who he is, and you have Beal is the shooting guard, and he's gonna be Bradley fucking Beal, and then you have our year two wings. You what you can do in that situation is you can say, our one two and three and i don't mean positions i mean our three best guys are this good four five and six are a drop off but you know six seven and eight are like one of the better six seven and eights on a roster rotation at that point you can put together smart veteran minimums and like use the trade exceptions intelligently you can trade everybody it's just like do it i mean just be like yo just call up the wizards and be like yo do you see robert (laughs) williams do you see Robert Williams? Like he's got, dude, look at his ceiling. I'm trading you his ceiling. He's still on his rookie contract. Come on. Robert Williams is going to, he's going to do great. Him and Russell Westbrook. Think about it. He's going to go up a few. Look, give us fucking Bradley Beal. Give, give us Bradley Beal. Make it happen because at least they'd be fun to watch. They might, they might, they might, they might give us Bradley Beal if we accept to take Russell Westbrook. I know. Never mind. Never mind. You wouldn't do it. No, God, no. I mean, to, but I get, but you get Beal too. I love Bradley Beal as much as I hate Russell Westbrook. So it's a very strange situation for me. I don't hate Russell Westbrook. I just would hate him for the Celtics. Uh, and he's just not the guy anymore. And even when he was the guy, he couldn't win. So I, no. Can we talk about Kemba? Can we? Because I, I, I feel, I think like, yeah, the, the knee injury was weird. It's a weird, you coined it like when you said that. It's a weird knee injury, right? Like we don't really know. Which is but the worst kind, because you right. never then you never get any info on like if he's going to be okay. But, you have nothing to compare it to. It's awful. So it's an eye test, right? We'll just use the eye test. He's cutting fine. He's driving fine. He just can't shoot. Like I don't know what happened. Like what happened to him? I think he is behind. The I th- I think he's I think he's a half a second behind on his cuts, and he's and he's a half a second behind on his rotations, and like. It reminds me strangely, and not to like circle this around to blame Brad Stevens for this again, but it reminds me of how Hayward came back where he was just like timid (laughs) and a little slow and like just a little like kind of just timid around the basket and like not making his cuts like on that bad ankle as like hard as he was. And maybe it's because Brad was like, hey, don't be a pussy, like make the cuts harder. Like, come on, you need to do that. But like maybe he encourages them to, you know, take it a little easy on the injury. I was just going to say, yeah, you know. Yeah. Maybe Brad's a little like skittish when it comes to that stuff. Cause like Hayward went down to New Orleans and he's doing great. So, or I mean, Charlotte and he's doing great. Wh- whatever team that's doing great. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Charlotte. 
but yeah, either I, the mellow, I, but it's just like I mean, I agree, man. It, it is. It does seem like it's a little bit of that because, like, it's you're right, Mike. Where it's like once he makes the decision to cut, or once he makes the decision to do whatever he's doing, he looks like the old Kemba. But it's just what used to be different about Kemba. Or there, you didn't see that split second decision of I need to cut this way, or I need to do that. He just fucking did it. And it's now it's about space, you know, right? It's about and, how and much that, space you have from your there, guy. Yeah. And I think he's losing some space from his guys. I feel like people can follow him a little bit, but also he got beat up in the playoffs last year with that saying, you know, trying to cut. Like, why do we bring him back? Was the knee okay? I gotta know. I gotta know, Kemba. You know, like, I don't. What's crazy is like, you guys remember halfway through the season last year with how high we were on Kemba, and like, this dude wasn't just an all star, he was a no-brainer starter in the All-Star game last year. Like He was one of the best 10 players in the NBA for the first 50 games of last season. And then some... And then, dude, it's not even close. Maybe it's not even close. It's, I feel like we kind of... I, I, I hate to keep make, making comparisons to football. I feel like we are G3 them. Where like, we brought him back for that playoff run last year, and like I just don't think he was ready. That hindsight's twenty twenty though, because we were all sitting here saying, this is our chance to win a championship because it's such a weird season and we have to go for it. We have to try. Like this, The East is like looking so soft. We should have gotten past Miami, you know? Who knew a year after we made that Kemba for Terry trade that Terry would be by far and away the better asset right now in the NBA than Kemba Walker? Okay, still. For, again, if we're talking in terms of stock, I'd much rather be holding Kemba Walker stock than Terry Rozier stock. Pretty yeah. close. It's pretty close, though. It's closer than it was, but it's not fucking close. <laughs> oh, sir. You'd rather have Terry. What you're saying is bring back Terry Rozier? No. You don't remember his game if I, you're saying I, that. I have a Terry Rozier shirt. I really like Terry. You, I liked Terry for that one series uh, where it was him versus Bledsoe, and he kind of won because I was, but I was saying Bledsoe sucked this that entire time, and it was really great that Terry Rozier proved him wrong because he was like, "Who's Terry Rozier?" or whatever. Yeah. And he was good for the first six games against the Cavs until Game Seven when I went. Yeah, you know, I was at that game, and I've never seen when a person he, when he shoot shot the basketball worse. <laughs> Dude, I've never seen someone shoot the basketball worse than he did it was that so game. Bad. Like, I was sitting right behind the basket. They were trying basket. to help us win. They were like, here's all these free open Bro, shots. Like, it was unbelievable. Dude, every time the ball left Terry's hand, like the entire crowd was ready to erupt. But as soon as it left his fingertips, the entire crowd was, oh. Yeah, ugh. it was bad. Like, it was, it was bad. bad. It was really bad. I feel like we've been uncharacter- uncharacteristically down on the Celtics. So I think, why don't we talk about the one bright spot, right? I have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it as written, Bobby. So you're welcome. Peyton, quote, fast, P-A-K-P, Rabbit Pritchard, highest ceiling of any player we've drafted since Tatum and Brown. Is that true? Yeah. It's highest ceiling? Highest uh, ceiling. Of any, who? Time Lord, though. Time Lord's ceiling is my favorite ceiling. It's like my Sistine Chapel right now. It's a great yeah, but, ceiling. <laughs> okay. I would put them, so it kind of goes down to the next, so now, Time Lord, I have the next bullet here. Do you guys see the nickname of those two? It's fast P time. Yeah, I, I hate it. Love that's, it. Love it. But yeah. so, no, I just, so that's kind of start, a positive. You so should honestly, start saying though, that to your girlfriend, Bobby. Fast PP time? It's fast yes, PP time. <laughs> best and 90, like, sec- yes, quite, best 90 seconds you've ever. <laughs> I feel like that's a positive and a negative. I meant that when I wrote it because, like, I love Peyton Pritchard. And we know. me Such a level of play that I didn't think we were going to see out of him this year. I think he has, I know. 
I love to get excited. I don't think he's going to win the Rookie of the Year because it's not going to happen. Ball, ball, and ball's winning the Rookie of the Year. There's no doubt about that. Well, Melo Ball yeah, he's is really good at basketball. Way better than Peyton Pritchard. He's, un- <laughs> he's unreal. So Who he's knew? not winning the Rookie of the Year. I do think he has a legit shot at Rookie First Team. If he keeps playing like he does and playing significant minutes, you'll have those guys that you're going to have Anthony Edwards, you're going to have Lamelo Ball, you're going to have fucking Wiseman in Golden State. And Peyton Pritchard is going to be that guy because he's going to play significant minutes of this team if he stays on the team. I think Peyton Pritchard is really good. Like I've, I'm really glad that rookie he's first there. team. He's, rookie first team. No, sure, but it, we still fucked up our draft. If Neesmith sucks, yeah, he was supposed to come in and be this like. Well, we know, we picked grip, him over grip, to grip and rip. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, it looked like a good pick at the time, though. Like I'm not going to say that we didn't think it was a good pick because we needed that like grip and rip, you know coming around the screen like three-point shooter and he's just not that like maybe he is but the rest of his game is so underdeveloped that like you can't even really see him get into those positions and like he's not confident shooting the ball it's weird and awful and it's like every time I look at Peyton Pritchard I think of that you know I think about how we had two first round draft picks and we didn't capitalize on them and I told you guys that we shouldn't be drafting those picks because we needed guys with the value of those picks to change our team and bring it up onto the next level and it's great to have Peyton Pritchard, but he just, to me, represents a pick that we didn't get most value from Oni for still. Maybe he won't eventually, but age-wise, is, it's like he's a freshman when Tatum and Brown are super seniors now. And it's like, I, you know, I need, I need someone now to win with them now so they don't go anywhere. So I'm looking at Peyton Pritchard like, no, dude, like you can have him too. You know what I mean? Like. Bobby, you are really high on the guy. I mean, I listen, I think he does, like, it's noticeably different when he's on the floor. I'll give you that, right? Like, he's shooting almost 50% field goal. Uh, he's shooting 43 or 42.5% from three. But it's eight points a game. Right, it's just under eight points a game. We need Another way to look at it, too, is he's basically being asked to do what Gordon Hayward was being asked to do, and he's not as good as Gordon Hayward. So right. it's like... Yeah. You know, and it's just like this. We downgraded at that at those minutes, you know, and there's just a lot of downside to. And this is what I keep saying. You know, it's different in text. I know because you're not being as descriptive, but I'm not saying that Peyton Pritchard's not good and it's exciting to have him. But we've had a lot of years of, oh, look, this young player's going to be pretty good. It's like it's not time for that anymore. You know, like it's time to it's time to win now. And like he's he, he can be a great rotation guy. And like I think he could be a great. Right now, he would be the he has to be the seventh best guy on a championship team, not like the third or fourth. Yeah, you know, and seventh is like high. I mean, you know, right there, seventh or eighth. He can't even really be your sixth man if you're trying to. Maybe he, he, can. Is, he needs maybe. to be Harrow. He needs to be Harrow for the Heat last year. Right, where, but, where, but he was dropping. He was dropping forty points on us in the playoffs, and he's not going to do that. Like he's just not. not he's not. And, and I agree that like so. If you look back at saying we weren't going to miss Gordon Hayward. And what we actually did to replace his production and his minutes on this team. Well, we thought Kemba Walker was going to play me. I know, but we tried. We we tried to fill that spot with Jeff Teague, atrocious, huh. Semi Ojale, and Peyton Pritchard. That's well, pretty yeah. Much- we tried to fill it by committee, which is not. It's not, not the way. It, it's by committee is never going to work. And I agree with you. Where you know I was with you when you said it is like draft picks never have as much value once they're taken. Which is why those picks should have been traded. I completely agree that, like, if we traded those picks plus Gordon Hayward or whatever, and we brought in a Miles Dermott and Doug McDermott 
or uh, Miles Dermott, Miles Turner and Doug McDermott. We're looking at a completely different team, and it's a team that's up actually with the Bucks and, and the Nets rather than yeah, totally. And the uh, six minutes where tier. I thought we were going to get Miles Turner, that those like we were all talking to each other, we were on some sort of show or something, and it came out as a rumor, yeah. and it lasted about six minutes, and Joe was like. Yeah, dude, Danny's gonna fuck this up. He's gonna ask for too much, dude. And, and he's I gonna, into and I was like, and I ripped and you, and, and you were, I went but in. So did I. I was like, shut up, Joe. Shut up. We're gonna get. We're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. And I was like, because I just was seeing that that Celtics team in my head. And the next day, I like wanted to cry because Joe was right. I didn't want him to be right, but Danny did squeeze that deal too hard. I was in the drive-through drive through at a Dunkin Donuts when I got the notification I'll never forget it I-, I was so pissed and I was like oh my god I can't believe it we really did fuck this up I was like I would have given them so much more than they were even asking for Turner and then like the next day Rayshon was like hey we got Tristan Thompson that's a good pickup and I was like I what I can't feel like that's a good pickup I was devastated that we didn't get Turner he was even if he wasn't going to be, he was going to be the answer to all our problems because I've been banging the drum of needing that kind of rim play for so long because it was my little secret devil's handshake with Brad Stevens where I was saying, you'd use him though, wouldn't you? He's a big, tall guy, but you'd fucking use him. You'd have to because he can play. He's what Robert, what we're all hoping Robert, what Robert Williams is going to be. And we could have had him now, you know, and it would have been so amazing, but it didn't work out that way. And now we're 500 team and we're about to lose the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I was going to say so as a, you know, newly minted, you know, 14 and 14 team. You know, they're in fourth, right? So does that mean that they are that we're overreacting or or the East is just really that bad right now? I think whoever whoever comes out of the East is going to get waxed by the Lakers again. It depends that 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 depends on AD. But sure, but that, I mean, that Achilles all right, is big. I'll put it to you this way. It Oh, yeah. Whoever comes out of the East is going to get waxed by whoever comes out of the West. How about that? Yeah. And that includes us, which on one hand is like, okay, maybe it's not so bad that we're going to go get smacked in the finals. But on the other hand, we're like, oh, cool. It's the weakest the East has been in a while. The Bucks look weird. The Nets haven't quite gelled yet, although they will. The, the thing is the Nets are going to figure it out and like they're going to get really consistent and they're going to get consistent just in time. And then what I said was going to happen will happen and they will fucking beat everybody because <laughs> they have three unbelievable players. I still think they're going to lose to whoever comes out of the West because I just think it's a stronger conference. But <sighs> it's just a bummer to suck right now because this yes. is an opportunity. And Rayshon said it very aggressively last season when we went into the playoffs and we fucked up our best chance in the last decade to win, a, at least win an Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think we would have beaten the Lakers in the finals. But, you know, it's just it feels like we're letting something slip here and I think something needs to be done. And I think there's a lot of inaction. And I think that that's been frustrating because we're not hearing anything. The rumors are a little underwhelming. And I think... Well, Drummond would be good. Gotta give. That would be like in theory. I love Brad, Andre Drummond. If, what does Brad Stevens do with Andre Drummond? <laughs> That's what what say, does like, he do with him? He doesn't. He looks at Andre Drummond like they just gave him. He's a German in World War II, and they're they're asking him to drive a, an American tank, and all he knows is the Panzer. He doesn't. The only he big man he's ever had success with is Kelly Olynyk, and that's because Kelly Olynyk's an athletic. He asked his five to play in a very specific way. And if he asked Andre Drummond to play that way, I would have a very bad time watching Celtics even more than I am right now. And I'm still going to watch him. You know, I mean, it's... So to think about the, the what's going... Look at this upcoming schedule, man. 
and it scares me. It really does. I put it here for a reason because, like, you look at these games and, like, the games that we get up for are the games against the Nuggets. The games we lose games to is against the Hawks, against a struggling team like the Mavericks, against the Wizards. You know what I mean? And I think we beat the Clippers. I think by the end of this month, we see a move because I think Danny's going to be forced to do it because you look at the schedule and I don't see them showing up to be the team that they can be over this next couple of weeks. I know Rayshon was like, we need to win out. Oh, the schedule is like, it's not going to fucking okay, happen. Yeah. It's <laughs> not going to fucking happen, man. It, just look, it, they're so predictable. There's I won real- money on how predictable they were last night because they were plus 300 in Denver and I was like, they're gonna win this game. This is a good team, and they're and they're underdogs at home against this team. They're not expected to win. They need to win, and they're gonna win this game. And they won. I mean, there's a real shot. There's a real shot that they go three and five of this next eight game stretch. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Well, something's obviously very wrong in the locker room. I, I the chemistry is just off. Yeah. But let's try. Let's just try for the last couple minutes of tonight. What if? After this eight-game stretch, they come out at six and two. How do you feel about them? Like, are you remarkably different about your feelings towards the Celtics if they go into this this eight-game stretch and they come out at six and two? Depends what that six and two looks like. If it's a six and two, if it's a six and two where you see Semi, you see Tice, you see well Tice comes back. You see these guys that are role players make a real impact on the game. Yeah, it's a different story. But if you win because Tatum and Brown scored 35 points each night and it's like they have to win by themselves, you you got to get these guys help. If those three to four guys aren't making a serious impact on the game, then like I don't think a six and two matters that much to me. It's the eye test, you know. What I would yeah, what I would say to that though is like you say that the Lakers are the biggest threat in the West because of LeBron and AD. If if those two go off, so why is it? Why do we? Why would you be taking away credit if we go six and two because our two superstars were superstars? Because we don't have Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, they just have a better team than we do. They're so deep. It's it's. When you compare their six to our six, we're literally looking at an all-star center versus a rookie. I guess, but my question is, like, if... Because everybody we, wanted to go play with LeBron, though, you know? If, well, yeah, I mean, that's unfair. If we look down upon the fact that our two superstars carry our team to wins, and that is a bad thing because nobody else shows up, then, w- like, what are we doing? I mean, because I think that you have to have... You have to have you have to have faith that two guys like we've always talked about two guys on your team can win, can win you a game if they're on. If this happens over a stretch of time, and we know it can't happen for every game, sure. But at, wouldn't you love at the end of this next eight games going into the All Star break, you say, "Listen, we went six and two because of those two. So now we know that they now we know that they're there. They're sick of losing. They're sick of what they've been doing over the last couple of months. Now let's get them the help." Yeah, agreed. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because you never win. So, yes, it would be awesome if those two go off because then that brings you to a different level. But you're never going to win a championship or contend for a championship unless you have those second-level guys. You know what I I mean? You look at the the Celtics championships. We have P.J. Brown, James Posey, Eddie House. Like, those type of guys are who we're going to bring you to that level. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I I think, like, to answer your earlier question, Mike, the – the idea of if we go six and two or six and three or whatever over the next 10 or 11 games, we still had this skid. So there's still something wrong, if that makes sense. If you had a team that's like a proven 
winning team and they have a skid in the regular season, then you can go, well, that doesn't matter. They just got back to the way that they play. Like, da, 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 da. This doesn't feel like that to me. This feels like there's something fundamentally wrong. And even if we do win out, then there's still things that need to get fixed. And that stuff is going to come back to haunt us later. And I think as Celtics fans, we're a little guilty of doing what Bobby just did, which is that, and I do it too, which is the thing of like, oh, but remember like Posey and Poe and we needed those guys. It's like, yeah, well, not as much as we needed Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen though. And, and like, yeah, but, but without those guys making a real impact. Those- sure. Totally. I, and I'm not taking anything away. I know I wouldn't go down to Boston and say that like Leon Poe is not God's gift. Okay. I know what crowd don't I'm talking to. What, yeah, I, don't what I'm that. saying <laughs> is, and I think that too, listen, I'm a Celtics fan, but, and you know, and I'm from Massachusetts. I miss I'm Leon. With you. If Leon Poe was on this team, man it'd be I know, I know. it's the fuck <laughs> it's every drunk guy in boston right now leon poe i know but you're you're y'all are guilty of leon poeizing everybody like if we traded marcus smart it really wouldn't be the end of the world you know uh, he's a good defensive guard so is avery bradley what do people do they leon poed they leon poeized Avery Bradley, they were like, how can you get rid of Avery Bradley? He's one of the best one-on-one defenders in the NBA. (laughs) Didn't matter at all because it's fucking basketball. It's not the New England Patriots. It's not like, oh, I don't know. Evan Turner has heart. Evan Turner has heart. He looks good. He looks good at at sixth strong safety. He might come off the practice squad and fill this thing. No, it's basketball. Three best guys. Three best guys. Who are your three best guys? Why do we suck right now? Because one of our three best guys is playing well. One of us, one of them came back from COVID and sucked and one of them hasn't been right since his knee got fucked up it's that's why so go trade everybody else and get a get a better third best guy than Kemba Walker and then we'll be back we'll be back on track in my opinion I think it's like Occam's razor the simplest solution is often the one that's correct and I think it's just that like our three best guys you know Kemba Walker is one of them he's not the same and like that's just part of it you know and yeah it's true that the guy's coming in to try and take the water off of Kemba and Jason and take the pressure off them also aren't good enough. And that's, you know, that's a factor and that's a problem. And we need, they need, those guys need time to like bed back in and just be able to kind of go in and shoot the ball a few times and not have to run super hard and run a bunch of plays. But in their, especially in regular season, especially on road trips, you know, all that's true. But like if Kemba's Kemba right now, we're not having this conversation. If yeah. Jason's Jason right now, we're not having this conversation. So I hope they come back and start playing well. Otherwise, Brad Stevens is going to get fired. <laughs> so, Mike, to go back to what you were saying earlier, and I guess we are going to do the whole show on the Celtics, which is fucking awesome. So, when you, to go back to what you're saying about the Eastern Conference, is like, I know that they're playing like shit right now, but this is the year and the time to be trying to figure it out at this point, as far into the season. Because, yes, we're 500 at this point. And we're still lined up with a playoff matchup with the Pacers, who I think we beat in a seven-game series. You know what I mean? We're not 11-16. and We're 500. We're in the playoffs. And we're only a few games back of those top-tier teams in the East. So I do think it is just one move away from being that top-tier team again. It's just a matter of if they make that move, which all the rumblings are showing they're going to make a move. Well, the rumblings always show that. Always. And they never make it. Ever. In, in midseason. They never do it. I know I have my, my, my Miami Heat, you know, footsie pajamas on. But here's what I'm going to – here's what I'll say. We've seen the Heat when they're right. We see, like, we've seen their ceiling. And it just happens to be a little bit higher than ours. 
So like I, I would be more confident in the Miami Heat in a, in a seven game series against the Indiana Pacers, and right now, as currently constituted, than the Boston Celtics, just based on the buy in. Because you know that the Heat are trying. Like whether like Butler was down, the, I think they're still going to figure it out. Whatever. I think they believe in what Spolster does. There's a fundamental belief. You don't have that right now, the Celtics. Sorry, do you think maybe that? Do you think maybe there's this? I mean, this would be great if this was true, but it might feel like wishful thinking. But with what you're saying about the Heat and what the Celtics are looking like, like they were the Eastern Conference finalists like last season. You know, like these are the two teams that played each other in the Eastern Conference finals. Are is it just a weird year? You know, is it just we? It's just is nobody just is nobody motivated? Is nobody interested in playing? their best basketball right now is does it feel like maybe we shouldn't they don't want to be there you know like the bubble was a weird experience and now it's like oh we got to get on the road during covid there's no fans and we don't have any energy and some teams are more energy based than others and some teams are more home crowd based than others and i know the celtics are and i know the heat kind of are and it's like you know maybe it's just a weird fucking year and like we get back to to business as usual does that buy brad any time i don't know maybe because it, it, it to me as a fan it felt like the bubble was different right like we were clamoring for sports as as fans for something and, and they came back and there was like this thing that were they came back where it was some, an event yeah, yeah it's some sense of normalcy they proved mm-hmm. a point they can do it what's their point now yeah, as if yeah. like they can travel to an empty arena. Some like the arena. Rumble, like the rumblings about the All Star game. You know, like LeBron was grumbling about doing an All Star game, and a few people were calling it stupid. And it is stupid. Like it is stupid to, to do an All Star game right now. And I love pageantry of any kind. And like I love the All Star game, and I think it's awesome. And I just think right now it's like, what's it's going to be weird. You know, it's going to be weird, and it's just so un- unnecessary, like you said. And how are you going to shave 10 games off the season and have an all-star game? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It's, it's just such a strange move. And that's that lack of energy might be factoring in. Like some teams just get more hit by it than others. And to go back to what you just said, I, I know I mentioned this on the last Celtics pod we did, but the Celtics have been statistically the most affected team by this weird COVID injury plague season that we've been yeah, having but, so yeah, but far. Good coaching overcomes that. I, I, w- that's why we spent 45 minutes on Brad Stevens and if he, sh- if he should be fired. Rewind everyone if you missed that. But I but now I don't know if he should. Like I kind of feel like I talked myself into it at the start of the thing, but now I'm thinking like I don't know. Can anyone really be judged that harshly on this season? Like with the percentage weird season, the percentage of their games they've had the most away games compared to their home games of any team in the NBA. They're seven and four at home and seven and nine away. Gotta so, be to go on the road right now. Exactly. I mean, like that's what I mean. Like like you said. Like we, we went through this whole podcast, this whole hour of like we're dissecting this team, all the things wrong with them, everything that could possibly go wrong for the rest of the season. Brad could get fired, everything like that. But you're right. It's like sometimes the simplest solution is the correct solution. It's like we're not, after everything we've said, we're not that far out of it. So I really do think it is like if we bring in that right piece, this team could compete in this Eastern Conference, and there's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of, A, if we bring that in and it doesn't happen, Brad's ass is definitely on the chopping block. And B, are we going to do that? And if we don't, then what happens? From listening to you two, because you two are, are, are much uh, more eloquent basketball mind than I am. I know that. And it's, I love doing shows with you guys about this. For me, knowing how weird of a year it is, and how far, like how close we probably still are to being that good of a team, 
but feeling how far away it feels, it, it's a coaching thing, dude. I, it, it comes back to it, and I'm a Brad guy, but it ha- like he, there has to be a run. There has to be at some point in time this year where they the, he either coaches his ass off and wins games because he's that good, or his team buys in and w- wins games for him. If neither of those two things happen, he cannot be the guy to win here moving forward. I mean, that's just how I feel. Okay, what about this? Check this out for a trade. <laughs> I have not done the NBA trade calculus on this and like gone on the internet and had the internet tell me it works. So we got that trade exception. This, so like that pulling this, yeah, good. sure. Yeah, pulling good. this out of my ass. Go to the Wizards and and say, we want Bradley Beal. We're not going to take Russell Westbrook from you, <laughs> but what we will give you is Brad Stevens because their coach is going to get fired soon because he's not good. But, and they need a new coach because he's the work. Because what they need in there is defense. And it was just like, come on, look at what Brad, look at what Brad Stevens. I know at one point I tried to trade Jason Tatum on this show. Oh yeah, and then, like, and like that haunted me for a while. I was just trying to rile everybody up, but I mean, you got to still well, own it. For me, but, I, like, I, like if you're going to trade Brad, you may as well get Russell because Russell Westbrook does not fit the current Boston Celtics scheme of basketball. But that's because Brad's the coach. No, he doesn't fit the any championship team scheme of basketball. <laughs> I'm not well, fucking Westbrook accepting. Is, I, I want exactly what we're seeing with Kemba multiplied by ten. No just way. We you know what? I don't even want to go to them anymore. I'm not bringing you guys into the office because I feel like we're gonna get, okay. we're gonna walk away with fucking Russell Wilson. You're not Russell walking Westbrook. with Westbrook if I'm in there with you. I promise. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, oh my god. We have gone a little bit over on this Uber positive, super happy uh, <laughs> podcast about the Celtics. Green runs are. deep. Are there any? Do you, is there anything that you want to say that you haven't in, in your final in your final minute, Bobby? No, I mean I think we pretty much covered everything with the Celtics. The only thing I want to cover is I do want to touch on right now. So I think it's tomorrow. I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow. But LA and Brooklyn play their first game against each other since they both formed these super teams, and I'm so excited for it. I'm excited for Twitter during it. I'm excited to watch the game. I'm excited for so many aspects of this game. Feels like an event, yeah. Yeah. What, what I love most about it is. If you look at both of these teams, no matter who wins, the other one is going to blame the COVID season, and the other one's going to think that they're the best team in the NBA. And I just can't wait for that Twitter battle. And I re- like, I can't wait to read those back a, and forth. There's going to be a lot of really vile interactions. Oh, it's going to be tomorrow. awesome. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited for that. The other thing is, I just want to touch on. I know we talked about it last time. LeBron James, man. I I, I know that I just sit here and rave about this dude. But did you guys see? The other night where he just, he didn't even need to. He just casually pulled up from half court for three-pointer. I liked his, I liked his not celebrating the double OT better. (laughs) But he was just like, I was tired. I wanted to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. That's what I mean. His game is to another level. And if AD's Achilles is okay, it doesn't matter. Everything that we just talked about for the last hour it doesn't matter because no one's okay. beating that team. Don't break down the whole right. fucking house of cards, Bobby. <laughs> if AD's Achilles is okay and he ends up healthy in the playoffs, there's not a goddamn team in the East that can compete with them. They're so good. Well, They're we'll better see. than they were I mean, last year. So. I've been banging on the Brooklyn drum for a while because they Me have really too, good man. players. But, but man, he's so un- unbelievable. Every time I watch another soundbite or a highlight of LeBron James, I am brought to another level of... <laughs> Holy shit. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what the fuck? What am I even watching anymore? It's unreal. I mean, it's one, it's actually one of the biggest travesties in sports if you look at it from a neutral point of view. Now that he's in the West, even though he plays for the Lakers, when he's in the East, there was no convincing me of saying anything positive about LeBron James. But when 
you look at the amount of years he should have won the MVP and he didn't, it's like such a fucking travesty, you know, because he should have that on his resume and he like doesn't now. And it's this weird LeBron fatigue that people get because he's so good and he's been so good for so long that people kind of just go like, yeah, I mean, obviously LeBron's great, but have you seen this guy over here, you know, and it's like, what's the new, what's the new hot ticket, you know, who's the new hot girl in town and you can rant and rave about like Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and, you know, people were really high on Joel Embiid for a while. And like this guy, well, I do love Luca, but he's surrounded by such a pure basketball player. Okay. Yeah. Let's not do racist, (laughs) racist Celtics Twitter. I just feel like Luca and like a Peyton Richard, like <laughs> IQ guys, you know, they're real IQ. First guys in the gym, you know, get the fuck out of here. I had to, I'm sorry. I know, it's so funny. It's just because we all know old racist Boston guys that like actually think love, white players If Luca was on the Celtics, bro, if Luca was on the Celtics, let me fucking tell you guys. Let me, let let me, let me tell you my dream you. Celtics, my dream Celtics, Doncic, Luca, <laughs> Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> Yeah. Peyton Pritchard guy. But but yeah, I mean, no matter what happens, no matter who the hot commodity is in the week, LeBron James is definitely like always still the best. And it sucks because he plays to the Lakers now and I hate the Lakers and Celtics aren't good and the Lakers are. And that's right. really not not the reality I want to wake up to every day. Well, I think that's the most appropriate way to end this the show. So for, for DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, the real VK Bob Kelly. Think about I, Larry Bird was. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Pure of this fucking passer, guy. He's a pure fucking passer. Shut up, both of you. Just shut up. Last out. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Missing the Point. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.